Welcome back, lads and ladettes, to episode 72. Yeah, 72, we got a big one here. A lot of things have gone on in like the past week since we last recorded. Lots of stuff regarding um, some things you and I have discussed in previous episodes, um, some things about us getting ready for summer weather coming up. You, you're wrapping up school, another yep. big guest coming up in next week's episode. And then on top of that, I'm back to work. Things are buzzing. Like we're just getting ready to go. Lots of topics. And like I, cause you and I have talked about, like we write notes in our phones as things are going on. So we have things yeah. to talk about. And in the last like three months, I'd say with how busy you are for school and with me not working, like no- nothing really happens. <laughs> no. So my notes are just like blank. I'll have like one or two of just like a random thing I think about. But now like my phone was full of stuff. I was trying to put it stuff in here and I was like literally getting rid of things being like, ah, oh, that's not as good as some like, of the other yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this is like three episodes in one. Yeah. So there's so much to talk about, so much going on, but McGee, let's start off right away because I got one of the craziest texts I, I could have thought of from you. Um, you and I were working something out right now. It'll, it'll come out in like the next little bit of what's going on behind the scenes, but we're texting back and forth, trying to figure it out. And out of the blue, like in the middle of this text conversation, you just say to just me, slip it in. you just slip in there. Um, our house got broke into last night. And then I was like, what? And you go, yeah, they stole our toiletries and razors. <laughs> so yeah. Mickey, why don't you explain okay. what the hell happened? And that was the only thing stolen? Yeah. So, well, okay, I'll, I'll break it down. There was one other thing stolen, but again, like nothing more valuable than like 40 bucks. Like, okay. So basically like we, we were just hanging out. Like, I don't know. Thankfully it wasn't like a party night when we were all still up or, or like hanging out. Cause we, we were all in bed and my downstairs neighbor, neighbor Reed, uh, gets up in the morning and, and looks in the bathroom. There's like toiletry kit. There's one toiletry kit on the ground and everything's kind of a mess. And he's like, what the hell? That's weird. But he also knew that I had a presentation that morning at eight 30. So right. we just kind of assumed like, Oh, maybe he was in a rush, like grabbing some gel or something last minute. And like, yeah. You're knocking things over. Knocking, yeah. Knocking things yeah. over. And then he like, he, so he went to the bathroom, saw that it was like weird, but like nothing that should yeah, raise didn't stand out. Yeah. So then he turns back around. And he's walking towards his room and there's a big like window in our basement. And that was wide open, like wide open. And again, he's like, well, this has been like, like closed all year. And keep in mind, we used like, cause the window doesn't lock. We've been trying to get on our landlord's case about it, like fixing our, our locks, but like, no, it doesn't, doesn't work. So yeah. we've been keeping a cutting board, like wedged in between the sliding window and the wall. So it like <laughs> stops it from opening. Mm-hmm. Like just like a wet, like one of those like wooden poles or like adjustable things you just keep from like, can't open it yeah uh, and then the one day that reed decides oh weather's nice let me cook a steak so he takes the, the cutting board out and i guess forgets to put it back like again like not his problem or whatever just i love how he used the cutting board that's just been propping this window shut yeah <laughs> like you guys didn't have another cutting board accessible <laughs> i don't think we did i don't know okay but, so he sees the window wide open and was like weird this never open but again it could be me like dumping something out of the window it could be I don't know, my the upstairs neighbor, like leaving through the basement for work. Who knows? Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. So again, he just kind of goes back to bed. And then I wake up, I go like grocery shopping. I'm just out of the house. So I don't really know anything. My presentation's done, wrapped up. It's all good. Yeah. I come back and like my upstairs uh, roommate, Andrew, he's like, all right, like guys, who's been, who's been fucking around with my like toiletry kit? Like, is this a prank? Like, am I being punked right now? Cause he's like, I'm, I'm missing my toiletry bag. Don't know where my razor is. Like, what the hell's going on? And everyone's like, man, what are you talking about? Like, it's ridiculous. Like, no, yeah. why, would, why the hell would we like, mess around with your toiletries? Yeah, who's now? stealing toiletries? <laughs> yeah. And when he, we were going out into the backyard to clean up because we had a little, like, some people over in the backyard uh, for some day drinking. And then we go out there. And then on the back, like, right out, we have the table right on our back, like, deck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And on this table are a bunch of razors and razor blades, like, just on a pile. And he's like, what the hell? Like, who the hell put my stuff here? Like, I know it was one of you, like, fucking with me. And we're like, no, like, I swear it wasn't me. Like no, like nobody knew who it was. It's like a prank where you get home and like your whole room's been moved into a different room in the house or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like but just like your that. toiletries. Yeah. It's like, well, my toiletry bag's here. Like this isn't my razor's gone. This razor's out here. I'm like, wait a minute, that's my razor. I'm like what the hell? Why is it outside? So then I go down to the basement. Look, my toiletry kit is just gone. It was nice, like Italian leather. My parents brought it back from, from Italy for me. Like it was a nice gift. And okay. gone, just gone. And then I'm like, oh my god, what the hell? 
somebody called Reed and Reed's like, well, like, I did see the window open this morning. And we're like, uh, what? Like, I didn't know that. So we, we were kind of like piecing it all together one by one. We noticed that the Google home in the upstairs bathroom had, had been taken as well. And then uh, we go outside, like looking around the, the, the house and there's an old dirty like Amazon mask right outside of our, with like a fingerprint, streaked fingerprints all over the window with this like dirty mask left there. We're like, oh my God, like this guy literally must've come into our house while we were sleeping. Like we were all in our own rooms. Yeah. We were all sleeping peacefully at night while this like <laughs> random man is just walking through our whole house. Cause he clearly went in through the basement door or basement window and then left through the back backyard door. Just there's also a spoon out there. So God knows what he's what he's shooting up or what he's doing. But yeah. And then like, but I wouldn't have known anything because had I heard somebody outside my room, I would have just assumed it was like Reed. And if he yeah, somebody, exactly, he you'd have no him. reason to think that yeah, like yeah, yeah so it was I, someone else. We're just asleep while this guy is doing his thing in our in our house. And ballsy move by this guy breaking into a house of like of four grown ass dudes like <laughs> yeah had, had in the middle been, of like, the night someone been up for a piss like late at night like oh my god it's would have been yeah or imagine it was a night where you guys are all hanging out in the living room or something yeah. and you hear that going on like oh my god yeah, yeah. a couple drinks in us too it's just scary for that guy yeah well at least like this they didn't take anything too valuable like yeah that's tough like your nice little toiletry bag is gone and your google home is gone but in reality like it could have been Oh. It could have been significantly worse. Yeah, because we had like, it's not like we were hiding our value. Like they're all just, we have like a speaker system, like two TVs upstairs to like to watch double the sports. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. We just like have a whole like entertainment, like tower of power in the living room. Yeah. And plus like all the records and stuff that we have are on like display. Then we have like, yeah, we have a bunch of valuables that like most of my stuff I keep in my room. Right. Uh, with and my room was locked like when I, when I was in there, but yeah, it was just really weird, man. Like, you got to think. Guy in Waterloo breaks into a house, leaves a dirty old mask, and the first place he goes are to the bathrooms, like, 100% looking for some sort of, like, prescription drug. Yeah. Trying to get his fix, like... There was a goal in mind. There was a goal in mind, and it was just seedy. And, then, like, this guy... Yeah, like, ah, man. It's well, crazy. man, that's tough, but at least you guys didn't lose anything too valuable, so... Yeah. But what a, it was such a weird text to begin like you literally just slipped it in there too like it was so funny it was just oh by the way we were broken into last night yeah like okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's an interesting way to kind of kick off your right after you finished off your your presentation yeah thinking everything's all good you get to finally calm down and then nope uh (laughs) hearts racing you're trying to figure out the hell happened playing detective but like i weird had, had i told them like people thought i was like joking and then i'm like oh like my girlfriend texts me she's like oh what are you doing like, oh, like forensics is on its way like and she's like haha like really i'm like oh yeah like it's not like <laughs> literally not, forensics literally came we did do a police report like they took the yeah. little mask with their uh whatever the tools they use to collect yeah, dirty put it in glass. a bag evidence <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it was yeah. the full thing so yeah hopefully they catch this guy i don't know probably doesn't even have a social security number so we'll see <laughs> doesn't even have fingerprints no yeah yeah. all right well i think we've gone far enough into the show uh without doing our episode 72 player competition this one i kind of went through and picked these two guys you'll find out exactly why they're two big frames both former nfl players and uh they're gonna do a shot put competition i like had in mind you know they're in the cage they do like the spinner uh like the spin around and then launch it yeah like as far as they can kind of situation so uh yeah let's get into our players here our first competitor he was drafted in the first round first overall in the 1974 nfl draft by the dallas cowboys he played 15 seasons in the nfl all for the Dallas Cowboys, but he interestingly missed the 1979 season because he retired. A member of the 1974 All-Rookie Team and the All-1980s First Team, a three-time Pro Bowler, a one-time First Team All-Pro, and a Super Bowl champion, a six-foot-nine, 270-pound defensive end from Jackson, Tennessee, Ed Tootall Jones. <laughs> wow. His competitor... 
He was drafted in the first round, 22nd overall in the 1985 NFL Draft by the Chicago Bears. He played 10 seasons in the NFL, 8.5 with Chicago and 1.5 with Philadelphia. He played in 138 total NFL games, totaling 29.5 sacks and 506 solo tackles. A 6'2", 335-pound defensive tackle from Aiken, South Carolina, William Refrigerator Perry. Oh so two legendary God. nicknames here, Ed Tootall Jones and William Refrigerator Perry. Tootall and Refrigerator. And the best part is when I searched Ed Jones on uh, NFL up and I go to like his pro football reference or whatever, his name is literally just listed as Tootall Jones. Yeah, not even quotation marks. No, it's just Tootall Jones. <laughs> like imagine being called your nickname so like to the point of like it's changed in literal like databases to to two tall jones so let's get into it let's break down the the competition who we think will win here shot put competition i think majority of our listeners probably know what shot put is it's like a weighted ball right you have a little circle that you stand in you have that much room to be able to throw the ball as far as you can yeah, they like hold it up. If you're watching on YouTube right now, which if you're not and you want to watch it. something, head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, comment, share it with your friends, do what you got to do. But anyways, McGee was just showing shoulder or hand on your shoulder where the ball's resting. Ball kind of rests in the neck area like that. You do a little like back pedal, spin, launch the ball, go as far as it can. So I think these two guys bring two very different elements to this competition they played basically the same position in the nfl they're both big bodies but in different ways one six foot nine 270 so he's a he just a tall tall lot monster of a man and then william perry six foot two 335 so he's seven inches shorter and 65 pounds heavier that's a refrigerator yeah, so these like are both big, strong men. Same position, so it's very, very even, but they're going to have that little switch of one has the height and one has the weight. McGee, who's winning the shot put competition in your mind? In my, Okay, in my mind, I think the, the six foot two, 330 frame is just can generate just so much raw power Okay. There's like the length of a six foot nine man's arms. Like it makes it yeah. tough to like like if they these two were to arm wrestle, I mean Tutal would have the, the leverage, but mm-hmm. I think Refrigerator would have the sheer strength. But that being said, I'm gonna give it to Tutal. And the reason is I think like I Googled I Googled William Perry and, and saw him and, and he's got a gut on him. He's a big boy. He's not he's, he's not a, a big boy, yeah. There's a reason his name is a refrigerator. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. And it's not not all the athleticism either. He's just he's just a frame. He's just a big yeah. boy. So I think that with the he lacks mobility when it comes to the wind up. So okay. I think had both of these guys like received the proper training, plus I think that extra length of the arm of just being able to launch it maybe it gives a little more momentum. But I'm gonna say that uh, Two Tall Jones takes this one. Just a more mobile guy in the wind up, probably a little more athletic. Okay. Um, it's it's a tough it's a close one though, because there's no denying with the right training both of these fellas could 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 just launch the thing. Yeah, I uh, I, I was kind of leaning towards too tall as well because of the length. But part of what I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick William Perry the refrigerator here, and part of what's leaning me towards that is, yeah, he's lacking the length that too tall has. But I think that he has so much raw power generated. And part of it is these two guys play the same, played the same position. So they're going to have similar uh, footwork, uh, agility, ability to like their hand speed, everything like that. I think they're going to be pretty much on the same page. I think it literally at this point comes down to the height and the weight. And I think that that weight that William Perry has in him is going to be able to, like, he's going to have that strength to generate that force. And then I think that if if it was like throwing a baseball as hard as you can, I would pick Tutal because I think his arm is going to have that like that mechanic whip, that of leverage. how, how yeah. long, yeah, the whip of like how long his arm is. 
Whereas I think that because of the shot put, the nature of the competition, because you're launching outwards rather than like the whip, I think Perry's going to be able to generate enough force in his body as he goes back to be able to launch the ball farther. So I'm going with William Refrigerator Perry. You know what? I think you've convinced me. And now I've like, didn't really know what shot putters looked like in terms of what, what their bodies were like. <laughs> yeah. And they're not small people either. <laughs> no. So, and like, they're not too, cause like the perfect example was like the, I just Googled like best shot putters of all time and looked at a list of them and went through about three of them. And they were all about six, two to six, four. Yeah. Pushing 300 pounds. Yeah. So it, it I mean, it's the, the frame. Like it really he does fit it really the frame fits of the frame. a shot putter. Yeah, and I think Ed, you know what? His nickname might do him dirty in this competition. It might be the reason that he can't win this one because he might just be too tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm siding with you, Philly. That was a good, you swung me. All right, well, uh, one of the things we touched on earlier in the episode was um, how something has gone on in the last week regarding something we talked about actually two weeks ago, and that being NHL refs or referees in pro sports in general having to answer to the media or the public after games and whether or not we thought they should do post-game press conferences. So for context, uh, referee Tim Peel, longtime referee in the NHL, he was going to retire at the end of the season anyways. So to be honest with you, I think that the NHL uh, fired him kind of just to make a point. If it was like someone who's still longstanding, like Wes McCauley, I don't think it would have been a fi- uh, firing, maybe just a slap on the wrist, a little fine on with, uh, on with your day. But Tim Peel was going to retire at the end of the year. So they're setting a precedent and making an example of him. But basically what happened is the other day, it's the second, second period, Nashville Predators are playing Detroit. Tim Peel gets caught on a hot mic. So a hot mic is a mic that's live. Um, It's being broadcast onto the TV. It's picked up of the players on the ice and stuff. Essentially what happens, Nashville gets a penalty. The broadcast is going into commercial. And as it's going into commercial, the audio picks up referee Tim Peel, who just called the penalty, saying exactly this. There wasn't much, but I wanted to get a So basically he felt he either missed a call earlier or he called a bad one or too many against Detroit and needed a makeup call of some sort against Nashville to set the precedent of the game. And a lot of the outrage is coming out now that referees are managing the game or aren't just calling the game as part of the rule book. And I really didn't know where to stand on it. Obviously you and I gave our opinions saying we think that referees should go up and do post-game press conferences and have to have some sort of accountability, answer these questions. And it it also makes them more relatable and helps people understand the game. So I didn't really know what to think. And I kind of started listening to former players come out and talk about it. And every former player that I had seen, I have yet to see one who's a, who thinks the opposite, but every one of these former players has basically come out and said, like, they, they disagree with the firing. They don't think he should be fired. They know that this goes on. It's an accepted part of the game. It's something that happens. And they think that this was a mistake. And the more I started to listen to these guys who actually played in the league and the more I started to relate it, even just to minor hockey. And I'm sure McGee, you've seen on a different level playing junior hockey, but everyone gets in the ref's ears, whether it be the players on the ice, the coaches on the bench, the fans in the stands, whoever it is, people are always trying their best to influence the referees. And I think that in the NHL level and the professionalism that these guys bring, they do everything they can to be impartial, but I think that it needs to be understood that it's going to happen where a referee looks at something and says, damn, I missed that blatant call against Nashville where that guy slashed him and broke his stick in the corner. So the next time he gets like a stick lift, that's a 50, 50 call. We're going to, we're going to have to call it. I'm going to have to call it because I missed that one. And like, it's game management because on the other hand, like you, you don't call that one in the corner, you missed it. And then you don't call the next one. That's a 50, 50. The game could start getting out of hand. And so I personally am start, like lean towards the idea of, yeah, I think for myself that this, he shouldn't have been fired for it. So I don't know like what you think McGee and like where your standpoint is, but I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, we kind of talked about it. We talked about it before how like 
we we both agree like in the grand scheme of professional sports like all, considering all sports baseball basketball football mm-hmm. nfl riffing, riffing as a whole is is pretty is pretty good arguably some of the best roughing in, in professional sports in terms of like consistency and and like i don't know it could be biased some other sports fans might be like oh no no no, nba refs are better whatever neither here nor there the nfl refs know what they're or the nhl refs know what they're doing mm-hmm. they very rarely miss calls and tim peel is not the only guy who's thinking like this like every mm-hmm. ref ever that's kind of yeah. like how they got to that level in the first place is by calling a fair game and, and making these makeup calls when needed to keep the, the game fair Yeah. And I think part of it too, is that he's not making, making up a call. Like when we say makeup call, he's not making up a call. He's calling something that's essentially 50, 50. Like you could have looked at it and say that could be a penalty. It also could not be a penalty. And he's saying, I missed one that was a hundred percent a penalty. So on the 50, 50, I'm calling it a penalty. Yeah. 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 But then like the other thing I heard, which I just wanted to throw this in there and kind of talk about, because it's point to us, point to the lads and launchers podcast, because we're going to be making waves in the NHL world and we need to be credited and given credit where credit is due. But I was listening to something this past week with Ray Ferraro and he was talking about it. And he said, he thinks refs should do post-game press conferences. Really? He literally said, he thinks that the solution to this is that refs should do post-game press conferences. And part of his reasoning was that, um, it, it, it's a like the refs are human too it's not we don't want the sport to be refed by robots like we don't need that the only one that i could ever see like being refed by or whatever by a, like a robot would literally be the mlb yeah because there's nothing no there's nothing in my own opinion that the umpire brings to the game that the robot couldn't and what I mean by that is like the umpire stands behind home plate, looks at a play and calls uh, like safe out or he calls balls and strikes basically. But and it's all black and that, white. It's either a strike yes. or it's a ball. And I guess yes. the human error is part of the sport, some would argue. But if you're playing by the rules, as the NHL yes. so clearly desperately wants to do, then if you wanted to play by the rules MLB, like you would hire a computer to make sure everything was exact. <laughs> But well, hockey, part of the thing too, questionable. there's nothing yeah. questionable about the baseball. It's either you're there no. or you're not. And or you know it's wild. Or it's not. Yes. And you know what's wild about baseball? When you watch baseball and you watch on the broadcast, they put the strike zone for every player. Because every player's strike zone is different. It's based on your, like, the right. zone between your, your knees, shoulders, elbows, your shoulders. Knees. Yeah, yeah. Right. So every player's is different, but they put it on the broadcast. So you can clearly see when it's a strike or it's a ball. And then the ump will just sometimes not call it what it is. And it's like, those are the situations where you're like, that's so obvious. That's so obvious. And like soccer uses the mix of VAR and like referees to basically call the game like almost perfectly, you know, because like if it's offside, it's offside and it's determined by the VAR. It's like these things are determined by VAR and they make it easier. And then the rest of the game is up to the referees, the penalties, the fouls, whatever. Yeah, and like, I just I hate how they that. let the play develop like until they like it finishes before they go back because like goals will be scored and then they'll be like no no going back yeah. in time this was offside or it's like if it, you just know it was offside just call it there mm-hmm. like I don't know but yeah so cool I think that. that it would be kind of cool to have the post game pressers like going back to it and I think it was cool yeah. that somebody who was in the NHL someone who's in TSN analyst and like an NHL analyst scored nine like, hat tricks in his career too. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't played NHL, the video game, he says that about every like 10 minutes. So, <laughs> but yeah, like it, I, I just thought it was cool that someone who's like in the NHL or was in the NHL, sorry, kind of came out and said that, but yeah, that was just like a controversy that kind of came up and I thought it was pretty appropriate timing because of, where you and I like we're at. You said that before Ray Ferraro, ago. we should be analysts. Like what the hell. Yeah, but the other thing that that I thought was interesting and like what it could impact is sports gambling, and then it kind of led me down the path of thinking like how interesting it is, how normalized sports gambling is on, like in public and on TV and on the radio and stuff now. Do you think it's like why do you think that is because of quarantine and more people are like participating in it like. Uh, like, I think it's just that the legality of it and how it's becoming legal and like, like in Canada, you're not allowed single game betting. That's why they have pro line tickets where every ticket is a parlay. Like you have to pick multiple things that are going to happen. 
um, in order for you to cash out and win your money. Like you have to pick three different games or three different uh, player props or whatever in order for you to get your cash out. Whereas it's going to be shortly, like pretty sure they're passing a bill for single game betting to be legalized. So once that happens, I think that these these TV stations and stuff are just trying to get ahead of the game and get ahead of the, like get ahead of the ball and be like, we're going to start talking about these things so that once it is introduced, we have already been up to date with it. And we're not trying to play catch up on the league. And people who are looking for that information have already kind of chosen them as the reputable source to get there. Yes. And now not rather than what now it's here and now we have access to it. Where do I go to find it? You already know where to go to find it. And you can find that source like TSN literally in the Leafs pregame does like player props of like and money line bets and stuff. And they choose, tell you who they think is going to win and like break it down in terms of that stuff. So it's kind of like, it's just so normalized now. And it's not like a posh thing. It's not, it's not off to the side. No hush, hush. Don't talk about it. It's right in our faces. Like um, I think that in some of the NBA broadcasts, they put the teams up on the like little ticker at the bottom with the score. And then they put the money line bet really yeah and like what the spread is and stuff and it's just kind of interesting to see that as like such a normal incorporated part of the game yeah that is like i was watching tnt sorry mcgee i was watching tnt and they were literally talking on the opening of the broadcast about player props because one of the player props that they were betting on like literally the announcers were like talking about whether or not zion would score more than 24 uh 24 and a half points and they're like talking about it as part of the broadcast and that was when I was like, whoa, like, this is just so normal. <laughs> like, this just happens. Yeah, dude, because I was watching the fight last night as well. And they were, like, kind of doing that through the whole thing. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like gambling on fights was is, like, been something as old as time. Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of probably more normalized in, in UFC than it has been in other, like, the big five, like, North American professional sports leagues. But, yeah, like, same thing. Like, they had this whole, like, segment dedicated to going over, like, sports gambling, which I couldn't remember seeing in my recent memory and just to like kind of back up backtrack for 30 seconds, whatever, go back to when we were talking about umpires, you can see when they fuck up and it's, it's like, sometimes it's a joke. They mm-hmm. get paid anywhere from 110,000 to $432,000 a year. Oh my God. I didn't yeah. know that for something that's like potentially obsolete. <laughs> wow. That's, that's insane. insane. Yeah. But getting back into basketball, whether design would score 24 and a half, whatever. As, as you know, as you well know, I've been really involved in fantasy and basketball this season. And, and yeah. I've been following along and trying to make waves in my league. And I've, I've kind of, I don't know how I got this lucky, but if you're a fantasy basketball player and you're, you're or if you're a fantasy basketball, like you're in a league, you need to pick up Robert Williams on the Celtics, <laughs> AKA the Time Lord and the Time Moses. Lord. Yeah, because he he would like Brad Stevens, the coach of the Celtics, would never play this dude. Would never okay. play this dude, and he'd get in for like fifteen to twenty minutes a game, and still put up like good numbers, like respectable <laughs> yeah. numbers. Yeah. So they called him the Time Lord. Like, I think it's the nickname spans back, like, spans back to when he like slept in for his first training camp or something like that. But <laughs> like it's it works both ways. So yeah, this guy gets in and is just so efficient, and then finally gets his big break as the starter and almost like gets a quad, the double, like this guy is like putting up monster numbers as a starter. Yeah. Huge stat guy, but he's also good. And he's like efficient and like helps his team. He's not just like a Hassan Whiteside who just does shit for himself. And then this other guy, Moses Brown last night, he had 19 and 19 at the half. 19 points points and 19 rebounds. Who does he play for? OKC, he's a big seven foot two centerman, kind of looks like Jar Jar Binks, but he's got he's got like this like weird like mullet as and the guy had nineteen boards at the half. The record for most rebounds in a modern day NBA game is thirty five, and this guy was on pace to break that. (laughs) He's just like I think they had to like sub in Taco Fall and put in like a stretch five to cover this guy. Grab boards from this so dominant man. I just turned on the TV for thirty seconds, and in those thirty seconds, I somehow had like. 
four putback slams, like back to back to back, just grabbing the board, getting the bucket, grabbing the board, getting the bucket. Yeah. So Moses Brown and Robert Williams will win you your fantasy league. I'm telling you right now. And plus, Al Horford, the centerman for OKC, was just recently announced yesterday, just sitting out. Yeah. He's not participating. He's done. So it's Moses Brown's time. He's just going to hang around the team. I think it's hilarious that that stuff happens in the NBA because like, um kendrick perkins what's what's the point though (laughs) no okay listen listen so do you remember kendrick perkins when he was on that Cavs team that was like going like going to the finals every year or whatever yeah he never played but he was always on the bench in a suit like just hyping everyone up the whole time and then i saw this quote the other day and i thought it was the best thing ever um i don't like this guy personally as like a player i think he's just one of those guys who's like he thinks he's like a way bigger part of it than he is. Like he has no contribution to the team and it's Jared Dudley. He plays for the Lakers, but anyways, basically he gets injured because he plays like a, like three minutes a night. Like he plays a garbage time. (laughs) So he gets injured in his garbage time and done for the season. That's it. They ask him about how devastating this is that he's like, can't play for the rest of the year or whatever. This guy literally says in his post game interview or whenever it was, he goes, it's something along the lines of um, I don't get paid to play. I get paid to be on the bench in the locker room and on the plane with the guys. <laughs> I was dying laughing. Coach. I was like, you, this guy is like, at least he's honest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that's what Al Horford is about to be doing. Yeah. He's just going to be morale guy, strictly morale guy. And just a and mentor like, for the young, for Moses Browns. Yeah, he's just Obi. hanging out and just being like, tell the guys what to do, tell the guys how to be pros, make sure the guys are like training hard in practice and just be a good mentor to the young guys on the team because OKC is really, really young. But I think it's so funny that that's like a legitimate thing. And like this guy just makes so much money. That's amazing. To do that. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. But like he was so blatantly honest of like, yeah, this is like, I don't get paid to play. That's not why I make money make money to be in the room with the boys. Like I make money to be on the plane. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you, you're just, you're flat out. Like I literally make this much money because there you hear about that in like NHL and stuff. And they're like locker room guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't get as many points, but he's on the, he's on the team. Cause he brings this experience and he brings this like guys were talking about before the season, people were talking about like Spezza, Thornton, Wayne Simmons, like that. And Zach Bogosian. They're like, even what, no matter what they do on the ice, like they bring this presence to the room, but like, they're still expected to do stuff on the ice. Yeah. This guy flat out was like, no one cares if I touch the floor. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> all I'm here for is morale. I just thought it was cool to see like the honesty. The yeah i love that man like yeah. that, what a gig it, yeah seriously like imagine getting paid like 10 million dollars a year well i don't know if he makes like 10 million but like imagine you get paid millions of dollars a year and you just you, you just hang out your job See, is just to hang out about, wait, al horford's salary well jared dudley jared dudley was the one who had the quote al horford's making 26.54 million dollars usd Okay, yeah. Jared Dudley only makes two and a half mil, but like two and a half mil. And he just hangs out with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Signed a one year, two and a half mil, including the entire contract's guaranteed. <laughs> so, He's a good guy all around, I guess. Like, I guess. Like, the boys must just love him. Yeah. But I just thought that that was crazy. Like, that, that's, that's what you get. So, like, he's just like, yeah, yeah, I just hang out with the boys. That's my job. I, no one cares <laughs> if I touch the floor. I just want to, I'm just here for morale. But yeah. Oh my god. I thought that was nuts. Yeah, what a life that is. Yeah. Okay, a little transition here. Um speaking of the NBA, one thing that came into light which I never really like thought of, which I'm actually seeing a lot of commercials for. I'm pretty sure Hulu or somebody is doing a little documentary on like the sports world shutting down. But obviously there's going to be documentaries that come out about the whole world shutting down. There's going to be ones that come out about sports shutting down and that's going to happen and we're going to see that and it's going to be crazy to watch. But a series that I watch on Netflix I really like is Formula One Drive to Survive. And I know you you like that one too. You've been watching it. I don't even like, well, I do now, but I didn't like car racing or anything like that like i had no interest in it. and i'm not like a car guy or by any means oh we've made our thoughts very clear on how we feel yes about car guys. but i see i see this i like my roommate gets us to watch this series and we binged it like this is like start of quarantine and we binge it like two full seasons done 
And I was like, I love it. Like, I love Formula One. We were literally sitting in our room, like watching full, like Lewis Hamilton race highlights. And like this guy just making passes and stuff just on YouTube of the previous season. But basically the season that just came out, March 19th, season three comes out. Um, it's following Formula One through the 2020 year. And in one of the first or second episodes, they you get to watch because Netflix follows these guys around the entire time. Like they're filming a documentary. You get to see these guys and these fans react to COVID happening live. And it's honestly surreal. Like we talked about that clip of the um, OKC um, Utah Jazz game where the announcer announces that everyone needs to leave the arena. The game's being postponed. And he says like, you are all safe, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's scary in its own. But like watching these guys react to it is crazy because they literally show guys in the like compound where the Formula One race is about to happen. And they basically don't like, they, they think it's, they know it's real, but they don't like take this. They don't understand the severity of it. Yeah. Well, it's like, they're just normal guys. Like I kind of yeah. goes to show like, I mean, like no one can really give them flack for not believing it. Cause nobody did. I'm yeah. Sure we were all with our friends like, Oh, COVID like, yeah. I know Queens had that like COVID part of oh, bad taste. Obviously don't do that. But they had the, they had the Corona party where everyone came in like hospital gowns and drank Corona. Like, yeah, people were making light of a situation because we didn't know like where it was going, what it what it was, and and it was like no different for these guys like who came in and like I, I mentioned to you before the show like Daniel Ricardo, one of the drivers in the show was like, oh, I hear if you drink Corona like it it uh, like it makes you immune to the virus like yeah, and he, they show a clip of his mom calling him and being like, Daniel, like make sure you're wearing your mask, and he's like laughing because he's like this is like before anything happens, and he's like haha like. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he says the Corona line. Yeah. And like, it's just weird watching it happen and watching it unfold because basically it doesn't give anything away if we talk about this, but they show clips of like, they're there on one of the days and these guys are, they hear that like one of the mechanics from McLaren uh, is feeling sick and has some of the symptoms. So that day they go and get them tested, blah, blah, blah. Next day, they're showing these guys all around the compound still. Everyone's there. not like No one's wearing masks. Fans are there. They're all there to watch the race. And basically, they've got the camera on. I think it was Daniel Ricardo who says, and he's like talking to another driver. And he literally says to the guy, he's like, did you see the NBA shutdown? Like the NBA is pausing their season. And like Formula One hadn't paused their season yet. Nobody else had like really taken those steps yet. And then the next thing you know, it's like a different driver being like America closed its borders. And then all of a sudden the McLaren driver's test comes back positive and it's just shut down. Yeah. Like complete shutdown. And it's surreal to watch it happen because we're going to see these massive uh, documentaries from like a big outside perspective, but it's interesting to see it from that micro scale of like, this is how it exactly went down in one sport. And like seeing that happen is like, it was just weird to watch really. Yeah. It was pretty eerie. It was, it was kind of creepy. And I remember like, cause I had watched the previous two seasons. So I was getting into formula one. Like I was like ready to watch like the first like Australian Grand Prix on, on like March 15th. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was yeah. ready, man. I was like watching, I was watching qualify and like, come on, like, let's go. Like I'm ready, for, ready for the season to start. Like so I can follow along real time. And then like, like, nah, whoops. Like, yeah. Whoops. But yeah, yeah, like you said, it kind of focuses in on, on what happened in, in Formula One specifically. Great series. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It is. Yeah. Highly recommend. My mom got into it. Like, loved it. Really? Loved it. Yeah. My mom, my parents both watched it. I told them to, and they they like they loved it, binged it too. I think it's just cool because it's dramatic. It's like, there's lots of drama as much as it's like sport and competitive and stuff. It's so much drama. Like there's 10 teams. Every team has only two drivers. That's it. You have two drivers. So there's 20 drivers in this entire league and it's like a billion dollar like industry or sport or whatever. Like it's massive. And these guys, it's cool to watch them go like 200 plus miles per hour ripping around these things and like hearing the communications because they really take you behind the scenes and show the drama unfold, show the in-car stuff, like show everything like that. And I think that's like really, really cool to see, but it's just cool to like watch the drama as it happens because they, every single one of these drivers says as much as you want to beat the other teams, your biggest rival is the guy on your team. 
Yeah, like, and that's pretty crazy. That I don't think any other sport is like that where your biggest competitor is your teammate. No, no, I, I can't, I can't imagine it. And like, you even think about like solo competition or not solo competition, but like, like, let's say, uh, okay. For example here, like you're on a swim team, right? And like, it's you and uh, we're, we're a part of a swim team. We're a part of swim team a you and I, like as much as we're racing against each other, like we're not. Because yeah. we're in our own lanes and we we race like that. And like you, you just do your best and you're competing against everyone else. Like I want to beat you. You want to beat me, but you, there's nothing we our can combine really to time each other. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas these guys in formula one, like the way they drive as teams is like, they drive strategically to make sure that their team gets in certain positions to get the most amount of points. And then the team decides, like, let's say Mercedes, they're the team who wins every year. The team decides which of the two drivers is going to win the race. It's like, there's times where one guy's ahead of the other one and they say, let them pass. And you just have to slow down and let the other guy win because the team's decided. And like, it creates so much drama. It's, it's yeah. so intense. And I'd like to shout out, shout out Graydon Godschalk, friend of the show, big F1 guy. And I, I have it on pretty good authority uh, just because he knows so much about what's kind of going on in the world of Formula One outside of the show. Mm-hmm. Apparently a lot, some, some of the drama has been fabricated, which, which you can kind of expect. Like it's a, it's a docu-series. Everything's going right. to be like not 100% accurate. But they're playing it up. They, they were playing up one of the like, negative relationships in the show or like some like animosity between two teammates. I'm sure you can like, one was leaving, one, one was young. I'm sure you can put two and two together. Yeah. Um, but apparently that was like never the case and they were never really that hostile towards each other. But like the way they had filmed and the music they'd like used to choose to like <laughs> yeah. highlight those interactions was like, yeah. like they hate each other's guts. Like, and it just okay. was never like that. So that's what that's what he says. That's what Graydon says. I, I trust his knowledge. And is F1, this from a uh, season one, season three? Oh, like it's in season, season three. Yeah. Okay, maybe I haven't got there yet. What episode are you on? Uh, I think I'm. I just finished three. Episode okay. Three. Then, yeah, it's probably later on. You'll, you'll see. Okay. You'll okay. See. I'll, I'll figure it. I'll know when I see it. I'll know yeah, when yeah, I yeah. see it. Okay. But yeah, I've been I've been watching Netflix lately just because I'm back to work and like being back at work. It's funny because. I get up now at 5.15, oh. 5.30, um, and on with my day. I get home at like 6, 5.45, 6 o'clock, come inside, work out, eat dinner, like work out, shower, eat dinner, and then basically get my stuff ready for the next day of work and go to bed. Like I'm in bed by like 8.45, 9 o'clock every night. I watch an episode of Netflix or like sometimes I don't even get through it. Like the episode's yeah. like 40 minutes. I'm like 25 in. And I'm like, I am not going to make it the last 25 minutes, 15 minutes of this episode. So I just pause it and like wait for the next day. Yeah. But it's like so such a good way to be able to just like unwind at the end of the day and do that. But being back at work and especially in this weather in like end of March as we're here is so funny because you see all these different kinds of people. So for me getting back out to work, it's nice because I don't know, like I'm outside, I've got pants on, which whatever, like it's nice, it's nice enough. It's sunny and I'm like working hard. So I'm sweating a bit, like pants is fine and a t-shirt, but you get to see some different characters outside when the weather gets to this point. And what the, like the weather I'm talking about is, is where it's warm, but it's not hot. Right, like it's it's nice outside. It's sunny. There's no it's like snow. Eight degrees and and sunny. <laughs> yeah, anywhere from like eight to fourteen. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not hot, but you see some characters. And the first one I'm gonna go with here, and we'll discuss some of the different guys that you see, is the shorts guy. And I will admit right now, I'm full culprit. Right now, I'm wearing shorts, and it's only five degrees. But I'm inside. Yeah, inside. Like, I'm just chilling sweat, inside. Like, yeah, I wear sweat shorts like every day. Like, yeah, like I've got my own house. Going on. 100% shorts. Yeah, so it's whatever. But the shorts guy who is like nine degrees, it's sunny outside, and is just like bearing down saying, no, no, it's shorts weather. It's so aggressive because yeah. it's, it's, it's at least better than shorts guy in the winter. Because shorts guy in the winter is completely committed to like lunacy. Yeah. Whereas shorts guy in the winter is, is like trying to prove something that I don't need to prove. Like, <laughs> yes, you're not Whereas... tougher than me. You wear shorts outside in the winter. No, 
it's like the spongebob mean where it's like oh how tough are you to get into yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the bar what's it called well, the, welcome uh, to the salty, salty saloon how, yeah. how tough are you yeah but uh shorts guy is different because shorts guy is showing desperation shorts yeah. guy in this weather is showing the desperation of i want so badly for it to be hot i'm gonna wear my shorts and manifest it manifest it into existence <laughs> shorts guy in the winter is just crazy like that guy is just he's he's got screws loose like yeah. i don't know why you're wearing shorts don't be, if you're friends with that guy like just don't be <laughs> yeah just don't be. don't it's even bother flag. telling him to wear pants he's not going to like it is red flag yeah but shorts guy now you can still be friends with that guy but just know they're hanging on to a level of desperation for that weather to come around <laughs> they're just they're going to they're going home at night and like praying it may put some strain on the relationship on the friendship (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're going home and praying that tomorrow it's 20 and and sunny like that's where they're at they're at least like not as crazy but they are desperate that's because it's a fine line of at what point do you wear shorts when it's eight degrees and then if it drops back below freezing the next day (laughs) you're no better are you still wearing the shorts yeah are you are you're no better than winter shorts guy (laughs) yes so like it's a fine line of being summer shorts guy normal winter shorts guy completely uh, just a complete lunatic and then you're in the gray zone in the gray gray zone zone. for sure and it is like you said you're desperate to be right yeah are you are you predicting something do you know something (laughs) that we don't know about the future weather yeah Okay, so then another guy who falls right into that category of, especially in this weather, is the convertible guy. Oh, yeah. And convertible guy is the guy who looks outside, says, wow, the snow is melted. There's no clouds in the sky. Top down. It's seven degrees. The wind is 40 (laughs) kilometers an hour. You can like lean lean in on a 45 degree angle and still maintain balance. (laughs) Yes. And yet convertible guy still has top down his hair a lot of times convertible guy i feel like doesn't really have hair (laughs) i don't know why but you know what i mean can we take it can we like do a survey or like a like a a, a, we need like a consensus or like a just like a two question consensus do you have hair do you you drive a convertible (laughs) that's all we need to know that's That's all we need to know but it's important information to have yeah but that guy you see, and like if they do have hair, it's always like hairs like pinned back on their head oh. because it's so windy and like yeah. it's not warm outside. Uh, but then they're just they're clinging onto it too. They love it. They're waiting for it. They're waiting for this weather to just or not waiting. They're praying as well. They're with shorts guy praying that the weather just gets to 20 the next day and yeah. doesn't dip back because you know exactly what's about to happen. We're gonna have like a little cold spell, like a week, week and a half where it's just freezing for like anywhere from zero to five, but because it's seven, it's okay for them. <laughs> so it's just like that weird little in-between phase. Convertible uh, guy, I think it's like they feel some sort of pressure that's like, because you own it, you have to use it. Yeah, you need to show it off. You got to. And it's like, yeah. how would they know it was a convertible if the top's always up? Right, right. But people need so, to know. Yeah, so they Look how successful like, I am as they cruise. I drive home. a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're committed to it, man. It's, yeah. it's the same principle. It's the same principle as gray zone shorts guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then this guy uh, I'm going to talk about here. This one I love because I really, really see it when, when I'm working and you can see the difference. And I'm going to try and like paint this picture as best as I can. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see exactly what I'm talking about. But like dart guy, the guy who just puffs on darts all day. When it's winter time, that guy is going outside, standing as close to the door as possible, and just rip through the dart back inside. Yeah. You're and most of the time, that guy is going in the backyard when it's snowing outside. Like shovels off a nice little like three by three area out the back door and just stands in that area. Maybe does a little pace, but just crushes the dart and then back inside. And I see that just because like being at work, you can like see these people, especially everyone working from home. But once the weather is nice that guy turns into driveway dart guy so fast so fast their driveway dart guy and what i mean is that guy goes out on the driveway and he is just pacing up and down the driveway just loving the weather 
not even breathing in fresh air because he's crushing a dart, (laughs) (laughs) but just loving the weather, loving being outside. And he goes from back patio three by three to full driveway, 10,000 steps Fitbit guy. Yeah, rushing a dart. Yeah. He starts the workout on his Fitbit when before he goes out for his dart because he's ready Outdoor to get a Outdoor walk, <laughs> yeah. cardio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, you know what? I, I think a part of that too is is I feel like outdoor dart guy. You're just a driveway dart guy. You're just a man's man. Any sort of like manual labor construction going on, you got to take a peek. What's going on there? Oh my god, oh, those guys even, are walking by our sites. Is that a Phillips head? <laughs> they just. Just get right into it, like, oh, good job, boys. Make some like dad comment on on the work they're doing, like. Yeah, those guys are walking by your site so frequently; it's it's insane. And they stop and they're looking. They're just, like they, they're like dogs, and they just walk and they're like, like oh, a project. <laughs> yeah, dart out the corner of the mouth. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Patio back there? Building the fence? Building oh, the deck? Nice. Oh, that's mighty fun. Oh wow. Love it. I can't wait to see what it looks like when it's done. I'm like, guy, I'm not letting you in the backyard. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. But, uh, put your convertible up, sir. Hold yeah. yeah. But I like, you gotta, you honestly have to respect it. Like, that guy, he's not crazy or anything. No, I, I'm not putting him in that passionate. category. He's just loves, he's just like enjoying the weather. That guy's probably still outside wearing sweatpants and a winter jacket when the weather's like this, but he's he's roaming the driveway rather than the literal square he's got in the pat on the patio in the He backyard. just likes to socialize. Yeah, he's looking for someone to talk to. He's looking for the nearest construction crew and ask if any of them need a dart. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of that, so I told you this before the story, but I think this is a perfect time to chime in. Speaking of guys who just, I feel like they're probably sick of their families at this point in quarantine, as much as I hate to say it. Like, actually, I got two stories. The first one uh, revolves around me buying up a set of golf clubs today for 25 okay. bucks. Okay. A golf clubs for 25. There's probably 14 clubs in the bag, too. Like, it was a full set of golf clubs for 25 bucks. Were they worth 25 bucks? Absolutely. Like, they're shit. Like, half of them are like youth clubs, half of them are just. <laughs> They're not great. Some of them still have yeah. their value village stickers on the on the, the club face. So oh perfect. Yeah. But I just was going to the driving range, needed something to just like hit around. And they were doing right, rentals, they're not right? rent- so, Yeah. So I go to this guy, message him at like eight in the morning in Kijiji, because I had my time booked for like 10 a.m. And he got back to me right away. Like, oh my God, he's probably making his morning cup of Joe. Like, who knows? Probably starting a project in the garage. And then like, I just talked to him, I get him down five bucks and I can pick him up for a discounted price, but I can take him off your hands within the hour. He goes, Oh, no problem. Like, it's great. So I pull up, I I pull up to the house park and get out, knock on the door. And he comes as biggest smile on his face I've ever seen on a man. Like just so happy to see somebody else who probably wasn't his wife and, and kid. And he's like, Hey, like, how are you? And I'm like, he's like, I've had these things for a while. I'm like, Oh, like, thanks. I appreciate you giving them to me. He's like, yeah, like can't promise. Uh, they're going to shoot straight. I'm like, Oh, like never do. And we're like, oh, like, big, <laughs> just hit like, him back with the dad like, joke. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, the ultimate dad joke. And I had to fight. I went right back. And then he, yeah. he had a nice moment of like, belly laughter and then just like never to be seen again i thought that was nice i feel like i just like to imagine he's the kind of guy that like visits construction sites frequently (laughs) yes he's probably lawn guy he's got to be lawn guy yeah there's another guy just like project like weather's out got to capitalize because there was a guy who lives across the street from me i'm not really i'm not revealing my address because i'm not i don't want this guy coming for me yeah, you don't want more people breaking in your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy, from the time I moved into school to, to now that the weather's going, like you can hear the saw buzzing in his garage. Oh, yes. From 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. Every oh. single day. Like this nice. guy is out there. I don't know. His whole house must be filled to the brim with like wooden sculptures for all I know. Like this guy just loves working with wood. Yeah. Like he just is sawing away. He's doing, I don't know if he's doing a full reno of his house on his own or like just likes to be out there making like sculptures. I don't know. But yeah. Never inside. Never. Garage but you love that though. Like, like this weather away. happens and he sets up the saw out on the front driveway or he's in the garage and garage is open. Yeah. That's exactly oh, what man. he does, man. Literally 12 yeah. hours a day. I see him go inside one time a day and he'll <laughs> leave and his like wife will come and go, come and go as she pleases and he'll just still be out there and that doesn't, doesn't phase him. Yeah, he, loves he doesn't to care. Do. Yeah. You got to respect that, though. Like, respect the grind of that. Yeah. 
it is nice though taking advantage of the weather once it gets like this though i've got to admit like being doing what i'm doing and working outside is nice because you just go outside like like i mean mcgee we've talked on here before about how you're a little bit paler and when the sun hits you 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 go a little more red than like tan it takes give me a week yeah like it's a base layer yeah. But here I am, I'm one week in and like, I'm noticeably more tan. I don't know, like on the camera, if it's like translating at all, but like my arms, my hands, like my face, my neck, like I, it, the tan is coming and like, yeah. it's rolling through and I'm enjoying it. Like I love, you get to be outside. I can't wait until it gets hot enough to just be like shorts, tarps off, yeah. like carrying around stone. It's unreal. Like that's what, that's what we're looking for out here. That's yeah. all it is get that good level of uh, fitness up too like yeah you said you were working out every day but then you get the massive like landscape forearms from just like <laughs> grip on those patio stones yeah yeah Alice right here in between your thumb and oh your dude okay so I'll see if you're if you're watching on YouTube you can you'll be able to see this um so normally like once I start and it it happens with like my like playing hockey too which I think is kind of funny like my glove in hockey has a little hole like in the palm like right there uh on the, like just on the outside and my stick will rub against it and it takes one time i get a big blister it heals and then after that it's just callous and i can like nothing happens when i play after that so normally when i've started uh landscaping like my first week back i'm just sh- on the shovel or like carrying stone and stuff and the callus gets the calluses get to naturally build up on the inside of my fingers, on the inside of my hand, like that. Like they naturally build up. And then as the summer goes on, like I don't really get the blisters and stuff. This week, my first day, we were ripping apart a deck. So I was on a um a sawzall. And for those who don't know what it is, like it's basically it kind of operates like um like this. I don't know how to Hello. describe. Yeah, it like goes like it a saw, it but it, yeah, it vibrates, forth. right? So I'm cutting apart this deck with the sawzall, and I have to keep switching hands just because my arms are getting tired. But I have these blisters oh, yeah. that have like developed on the inside of my hands because I had no time to work in the little callus and get my hands used to it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so my hands just blistered and like ripped apart day one and i got home and was like in so much pain i was just like damn this sucks like having to clean it out with uh different stuff like rinsing it as much as i can soap water everything on it scrubbing my hands to try and clean them but like now now i'm gonna go back and everything's gonna be good i get the little weekend break so my hands don't have to like keep dealing with it and they'll be yeah. nice and callous and ready to go when i get back uh, on monday but exactly yeah. that, that was the that was like when i was working for like working construction doing some landscape stuff like honestly i was proud of my hands because they were yeah. so like like just rugged i'm like oh my god these kind of look awesome because they're just so tough like i could do anything <laughs> like, like leather they're like an old baseball blocks. glove <laughs> yeah like oh my god and now they're just i feel like soft a couple shots in, in golf i got my little red on my palm like, yeah oh my yeah my hands, are, my hands suck my hands yeah. suck now but yeah but man, it's long nice days, to build that up back at work you're up at five you're back home and i know you mentioned earlier that you're you're a netflix guy like at night so you're in the middle of drive to survive but when you're watching shows like at netflix anything else you've seen recently because for me personally like this is the weirdest thing i'll probably ever say on the podcast <laughs> oh, God. i've watched kung fu panda the past six nights in a row to fall asleep to what i always i always make it like like i'll watch it and i'll put it up and lean it because i I like like watching cartoons when i go to bed it's just like comforting like it's just comforting and plus it's something i've seen i'm familiar with it's just like whatever good movie too love jack black big jack black guy Mm -hmm. so i'm like lying there watching it i'll fall asleep day one day two i'll resume it from where i left off and watch it and fall asleep and now i'm like pushing day six of watching kung fu panda trying to like as i fall asleep and i may have found like the secret sauce to go to bed quickly because apparently kung fu panda Panda. puts me right to bed wow yeah no there's not really much like that the only ones that um i can do that to is shows that i've already seen because i already i know it's like gonna happen so i don't feel like i need to like pay attention as much and those shows would be like family guy um the office uh friends 
Like I had to put those on. I'm like, I don't really care. I've seen each of these like every episode three times, four times. So at this point, like whatever, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned with it. But yeah, those ones I can like put on and fall asleep too. But honestly, like I'm not really that much of like a TV on fall asleep kind of person. Like I turn it off and then go to bed. Like I can fall asleep or if like I'm downstairs on the couch watching a movie or whatever, I could fall asleep. But like if I'm in bed, like I got my TV set up here, like I, I don't just pass out to something on the TV usually. I have to turn it off. Yeah, so like I was never, I like, I, dude, I yeah. was never a big TV on sleeper. And then it just <laughs> kind of came Kung out Fu of Panda. nowhere. It kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere, man, until Kung Fu Panda crept into my life and then brought me peaceful night sleep. And I, I'll wake up if it's still on, then at that point I'll turn it off. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely pass out while it's still on. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But apparently it's not good. Don't do that. It's unhealthy, apparently. Yeah, and, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't know why I who I heard this from or or what it was, but apparently uh, you're more likely to be a psychopath if you fall asleep watching shows and have like something going on and you're in the background. Really? Yeah. So we're on psychopath watch for you. Yeah, we might be. We might be. <laughs> interesting yeah interesting that's just a little something i heard i don't know if there's any truth behind that i haven't like double checked the the mm-hmm. study that c- was conducted like, i don't know who they would interview for that <laughs> yeah um, do you, watch do you fall asleep <laughs> do you fall asleep with tv on in the background are you a psychopath <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know how credible that study is but yeah it's a little something I've, I've heard interesting well, yeah, I think that pretty much does it for episode 72 here. We've kind of gone into a lot of different things. Weather's getting nice. Talked about going back to work, different wrapping kinds of up guys. school, different <laughs> kinds of guys with the weather gets like this. Um, you getting broken into, touched on the NHL referee situation again, sports gambling, broke down um, Ed Tutal Jones against William Refrigerator Perry, a Netflix series we're both on. So... I think this is a pretty solid episode. I would like, jam packed episode. Yeah, this was a great episode. It's it's definitely nice, like you said, that things are things are kind of picking back up. I mean, there's yeah. we got more we got more on the go, more to talk about, and, and we'll keep it coming. And as you said earlier, big things are coming. We have something in the works currently. Can't wait to let you guys uh, kind of get in on the action there. Yeah, uh, we'll let you know as soon as we can. It's exciting. Yeah. The other thing I want to say too, is whenever we're going to have guests on, I'll throw up like fault. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at lads and lawn chairs, because I throw up on our Instagram story or McGee throws up on the Instagram story, a little question response, um, where people who like, if you follow us, you'll be able to see who the next guest is and you can type your personal questions for, uh, that for us to ask that guest because we we have we save a little fan question for that guest at the end of every episode and we've been asking like in the last few we asked marcus phillips uh robert thomas alistair johnson and our guest for next week who is currently will currently be up on the poll question right now for monday um monday march 29th when this episode's coming out he'll be up until basically the end of the day and make sure you get your questions in for those guys because we want to ask them your questions. We want to make sure your questions get heard on the pod. So head over there and do that. And then the other thing before I let you close this one out, McGee, make sure you follow, you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or if you listen on Spotify, subscribe there. Leave a review, give us a rating, help the boys out. And then if you're not like a podcast or a Spotify person, whatever, and you want to watch something, go over to YouTube. Go onto our YouTube channel, Lads and Lawn Chairs. Give us a subscribe there. I put up short clips from our episodes. You can watch every interview that we've had on there. You get to see the guest face. It's really cool to see us interact with the person. James Duthie, Cabby Richards, Tim Hicks, Robert Thomas recently. Like these guys, we get to come on and you get to like see them face to face. You don't you don't just listen to them on the podcast, hear what they have to say there. You can actually watch them interact with us, which I think brings a whole new element. Apart from you and I's idiocy that we bring to the table and like the little video clips that I'll throw in there, like of Michael Van Gerwen's little introduction of him getting announced those things you get to see you you get to hear the audio in the podcast but you see it on the youtube channel so i think it just brings a whole new element so if you're interested in that kind of thing make sure you go and check it out and subscribe on youtube yeah or or if you're a psychopath just a nice thing to fall asleep to 
yeah exactly we're not eliminating psychopaths from the conversation you guys want to watch yeah, our podcast and support us go for it just don't break into our houses and steal our toiletries that's all yeah i kind of need my razor i gotta shave it's <laughs> getting a little uh, mutton choppy so i gotta yeah, figure that out exactly. uh, that situation out and again you can only see it on youtube so watch us support yeah. us support the boys we'll get something going maybe like when we when we mix in some like some merch in the future We'll give a little something, something to our YouTube uh, subscribers. Yeah. I think that's a good little tree, good little incentive for, to watch us on YouTube. But yeah, that being said, great podcast episode. I enjoyed it. I hope you yeah. did too, Philly. I had a blast. And I hope the, the listeners, you guys enjoyed it as well. But until next week, same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Cheers. Cheers.